This evening's Dharma talk is titled, Receive 90%. So you've heard me talk about 90-10, listen 90% of the time and talk 10. That is applicable to everything else. You could just find that receive switch for all your six sense fields, including the mind, including the, the production that's happening incessantly in the mind and receive. Just receive it, add nothing to it, subtract nothing from it, and block out nothing. That's, that'll take you the rest of your life. Now, one of the things you can begin to receive right away, besides the birds outside the window, the color of the walls, other people's voices, other people's intentions, attitudes, anger, happiness, and everything else that comes towards you in this crazy world is uh, receive any spontaneous, spontaneously produced reaction to anything or anybody that shows up in your mind stream. Just receive that. Interpret nothing. Analyze nothing. I'm not saying you can't analyze, but, but when you're going to do that specifically, Sit down and start analyzing something. Get a legal pad out. Write down the things you want to analyze and do it systematically. Do it carefully. Do it in, intentionally and uh, it's a kind of production. So I'm saying if you're going to do that, then of course go ahead and do that. But the rest, the rest of the of the time, instead of being constantly producing something about everything, receive. Just receive it as it is. You'll know you're receiving it as it is if you don't have any idea what exactly you're receiving. Because anything that is coming your way through any of the sense fields doesn't come with a credential. I am a cup of coffee. No, we project onto that. So what am I saying? When you see that you're projecting onto something, you're naming something, you're qualifying something, you're disqualifying something, you're interpreting something, you're analyzing something, you're evaluating something, then receive that. That's part of the 90%. So if you need to do some kind of production, see if you can work with it in such a way that what you're, that 10% that you're producing, the commentary, the ideas, uh, whatever the judgments, evaluations, interpretations, that it's, it's coming out of that 90%, that it's, it's, that you're producing out of what you're seeing, out of what you're hearing. And don't interrupt people. I get to do that. You don't. If you're a student of mine, listen to me. If you're not a student of mine, do whatever you want to do. I'm not hanging on to anybody so far as I can help it. You might want to try that. You might want to look at that. You might want to look at the way you produce 90% and receive 10% of the time. You will probably, if you have a mate, if you have a partner, or if you have a, a mother or a child or anything else for that matter, you might... You might shock them. You might not notice that you're doing it so much, but you might uh, 
it might shock them to see that you're you're actually what listening to them. You're actually going to listen to them until they come to a period. I say, wait for the period. Some of you uh, have probably been in an interview where I have said that to you. Wait for the period because you're talking before I'm even done talking. It's not so much that it's like impolite, but it's, it's you're producing, uh, you're, you're hearing part of what's happening, you immediately start producing. You tell the person what they're trying to tell you. You, what, jump the gun? Would that be it? Is that the racing image of, you jump the gun? Uh, don't they have a gun where they, you're getting ready to race and they shoot a gun? Uh, I think they shoot it at the runner they don't want to win. Sorry, poor humor. And of course, that 90-10 is just a way of talking about it. Just, it's just basically, it might not be a percentage, but it's like receive, receive as much as you can. It will be helpful not only to the person that you're receiving, if you're talking about language or communication, but it will be helpful to you. I'm giving you an example right now, receiving. And so when I look at someone, when I listen to someone, uh, I'm also noticing I'm receiving what I'm thinking about what I'm receiving. I'm, I'm receiving the tone of your voice, the posture of your body, the way you begin to relax in one way or tighten up in another way, relax in one way or tighten up in another way, tighten up in another way. Receive. And when I said tighten up, that's producing. But the production is coming out of what you're receiving. It's not extra. It is dependent origination. Not even in a nutshell. No nuts are involved. Question from Chiazan. Chiazan Bhai. Is there a way we can work with receiving what's happening externally when we're we're really producing internally well if you're if you're aware that you're producing then that that might be uh enough maybe whatever if there's a lot going on in your mind stream you might want to just observe that rather than try to manipulate it in such a way that you're living up to some kind of a of a uh, standard more about that. Is it okay to miss what's happening around us? Always. But if you're aware that you're missing, then you're not exactly missing. Other people might see that you're missing. You just said something and you notice they totally did not hear you because they're busy thinking about what they're going to say or, or they're analyzing what you just said uh, half a second ago. The example I think I talked to you about it earlier was sometimes during the Dharma talks, I start to, to daydream and, and I would like to hear what you're saying, but my mind just keeps producing and producing is, is that. How do I, how do I work with that? I'd, I'd like to hear what's happening by my mind's on production. But the awareness, you've been doing this all along. I've known you for 10 years around that length of time been doing that all along. You're just aware of it now. What's the difference when I'm producing and yet I can still 
relatively receive what you're saying and when I'm producing and I don't receive, like I, I just don't even hear, I could not repeat what you're saying. So are you using repeat what I'm saying as some kind of validation that you heard me? That would be more like you remember what I said. I guess I'm, I'm differentiating the times when I listen to a Dharma talk and there might be production occurring, but I seem to be following the basic premise of what's being talked about and other times where if you were to ask, what have we been talking about for the last 10 minutes, I, I couldn't tell you. Well, if you ask me at the end of a Dharma talk what the talk was about, I wouldn't be able to tell you. Not that that's any validation or explanation of what you're asking me about. It's the whole idea of memory uh, is not necessarily, I mean, we, we, we forget everything. We remember things that have some kind of import as far as this is valuable, that's not valuable. I'm just wondering what it is about how to work with receiving when we just seem so inclined not to receive. Just, just receive that. So just receive whatever, anything that you notice that you're, you don't want to receive. You notice that you're here, you're present, your basic overall overriding intention is to be here, be in the monastery, listen to the Dharma talk, but you notice you're not doing that. That's awareness practice. And that's what's happening when we sit down and face the wall. And that's why I don't teach a kind of meditation that's sometimes called uh, shamatha or mindfulness or maintaining some kind of tranquility. I don't teach a maintenance practice so much. Not that that's wrong. That, that you're, you have a teacher who, who is teaching you that, then go for it. Do that. More? So, Gwen. If uh, we're having an emotional reaction to someone during an interaction, is that still receiving? Can we receive in that yeah, way? Yeah. Yeah, you can, if you're talking to someone and you're having some kind of a difficulty or or maybe it's going the other way. Maybe you're feeling really good about what's happening or maybe you're kind of, it's kind of neutral. Maybe you're a little put off or maybe a little bored by it. Yeah, that That is, what's happening is you're receiving and then you're, then you're aware, you're also receiving that you're adding to it. This is the, this is the beginning of seeing non-duality or not to. Because the assumption that ego quite often has is that if you see not two, you're going to see everything that everything is one. That's a misunderstanding, and it's all over the place. You even hear people say conversationally, people don't even have any mind training because they have a flower in their hair or something. You say, well, we're all one. We're all one. We're all one. No, we're not. We're not all one. More? Is an emotional reaction... Of production, well, sure, it's a production, but but it's it's actually coming out of receiving. You're actually receiving, you're receiving, and then then spontaneously, you may be the production may be just arousing because whatever is coming is triggering something in your mind stream that is uh, could be said to, to use the classical interpretation of it. It would be out of the storehouse consciousness. Some of that would be coming there, and then some of it may be coming out of the seventh consciousness, which is the protector area, the paranoid area. Something's going wrong. I'm not getting this right. Maybe I'm doing something wrong. What should I do? How should I handle this? 
what, 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 what? We start to get nervous. We start to get what? Paranoid. If you realize who you are, I'm not saying paranoia won't arise, of course, because it's definitely arisen, but it can't find someone who's paranoid. It's an astonishing situation to be uh, freaked out and have nobody who's freaked out. It's called not to. More? Good question. Let's go deeper into that. If um, we are receiving and reacting emotionally, is that an alternating situation or can both things happen? At the it, could, same it could be both. could be alternating. It could be they could be blending together. It's like, uh, you know, the wind goes through the trees. The, the, the trees move uh, in relationship to that aspect of a physical manifestation, which is called wind. They're two completely different frequencies, but they they interact just like the same uh, situation with, with things that are stored, the leaves and the wind that goes through them, the wind of karma, cause and effect, cause and effect. Just using a simple metaphor, uh, there might be one that might be more, Maybe accurate. Uh, maybe if you were to come up with it, how does it look to you? I have to think about that. You're going to think another, about it. I can have another metaphor that works as well as yours. <laughs> Mine works. I can continue to talk, or I can respond. I'd rather respond to questions. Shoto, go ahead. Is there production that's not being received? Um, there, there is production, I'm just going to say it generally, but yes, there is production that, that is being from the position of consciousness that is being uh, stopped or shut out, or there's a wall there. Like if someone is, uh, I'll be very literal. If someone is saying something to you, saying something to me, or you're saying something to anyone that is basically is based on your understanding of something, just a relative, relative truth, uh, could be, uh, could be could go a little deeper than that. And if someone uh, is locked into or fixated on an opinion, they don't even hear you the, the, because it's, it's like a wall. Like it says in the heart sutra, walls of the mind. We, we build walls of the mind comes out of the seventh consciousness to use the Yogacara model of consciousness because we're, we're afraid of that who we are connected with the body, speech, mind, complex, hope and fear, right and wrong, up and down, back and forth, life and death. We need protecting. And it's not that we don't, of course. Of course we need protecting. But we tend to overdo it. We, we, we tend to misunderstand who we actually are. This doesn't mean that if, if you're walking down a, a road and a bear comes out of the woods, that you think, mm, not no fear. Like it said, what is it, was that on, the, on motorcycles? They had something that said no fear 30 years ago. Vinyl stickers on everything. Very funny. More about that, if you have it. It seems like we can, maybe it's our idea about it, but we can see when we're receiving and when we're producing. So is there something that's receiving both of those? Say more. Is there a backdrop to the receiving and the producing? The only backdrop is no self, the consciousness that doesn't have any status. No status, if that's what you're asking me about. Go ahead. 
Is there reception in, in the no status? Yes. That's all there is. There's, there's, we started the practice is to try to receive. And of course, then then the, the thing that shows up is is the receiver, how good we're at receiving or we can't receive or we're, we're not so good at receiving or, or this is how much we're producing. I tend to produce more than I than I receive. We start to evaluate. We have to start somewhere. So we start with square one. Here we are and we're not very good at receiving. We can't have a conversation without interrupting somebody. You just can't really stand it to have anybody say a complete sentence. I'm not accusing you of anything. But you could look closely at it. Rusheen, oh. Go ahead, Rusheen. Go ahead, what, what do we do when we're receiving if we see clearly that it's the situation is like the bear, but with words, like someone's being manipulative or it really is wrong. What do we do yeah. when we're receiving? So, so there again, it's very situational and there's no like protocol that you always act, act this way, but you could, you could, whatever you're receiving, look and see the nature of the threat. See if the nature of the, what the nature of the threat is. See if there's any need to produce anything. One of the best productions you can do uh, and this is something I would teach uh, to inmates in prisons when they would come to me and say, what do I do? I'm in a place where if I get threatened, I, my life is threatened and they could kill me. And I, and I, I don't know what to do. Uh, how do I fight back without being, without going to war, how, without being aggressive? And I, I say, I have said to inmates, I said, well, you could start by just dropping your gaze. Don't look directly in the eye. That's not cowardice. That's just just dropping that because that eye contact uh, can ramp everything up. So it could be something as simple as that, as that, but rather than give you some kind of a, of an, a, of a advice on it is make sure you're really receiving the whole thing instead of just receiving what's out there. See that what you're receiving isn't something you're thinking about what you're receiving. In other words, sometimes we shut down on what we're producing and it looks like all the difficulty is coming from out there when actually what's out there is challenging or difficult, but it's not as near as bad as we think it is. Sometimes it's called jealousy. Sometimes it's called um, feeling uh, disrespected. I ran into this with uh, students, not all the time, but quite a bit when pe people cannot really receive because they're producing on top of the reception. So they're always thinking about thinking that what they're receiving uh, is out there when actually they're producing, they're playing something on top of it. So they they never really hear what you're saying. So the best thing you can do, uh, uh, well, several things. One the best thing you can do is make sure you have a strong sitting practice so that you're spending a lot of time that pr producing, receiving area of consciousness that's going this way and that way and this way and that way. Make sure that that is taken out of the food processor mode, unplug it, take the damn thing to the wall, sit down, Watch what moves, because what moves is the area where you can actually train the consciousness to understand production and reception in such a way that you can work with that in a what's called a upaya, skillful way. You can, you can skillfully work with that where you're where you're no longer trying to one up the person, nor, nor you're, are you particularly trying to make them wrong. Uh, you're trying to what communicate, which means 90 10 receive 90 percent of the time. And so. 50% of that may be from the person. The other 40 may be 
you're receiving how much you're adding on to what they're saying. You're, in other words, this awareness begins to, to receive out here and that same kind of reception starts to turn inward and look. And this is when you see that there's no solid being there. As long as you think there's somebody, uh, I'm not saying the emotions go away or the feelings or the hope and the fear go away, but the one the identity behind that uh, becomes uh, untenable, has no center, has no fringe. It's uh, to, to start to get glimpses of that can be terrifying uh, to anyone, let alone to even to a to a meditator. But to anyone, if they start to get a flash of that, let's get some drugs, let's go to a therapist, let's get a psychiatrist, let's 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 drink more, let's meditate more. That's another one. Maybe you shouldn't be meditating so much. You should be going to the roller rink. Well, take a mask with you. Further about that, Regine? There seems to be a question around like responsibility. What is the responsibility of both parties? Don't worry about the other party. Worry about your own ability to respond. Responsibility is not about blame. It's not about credit. Credit and blame are something that society and social beings as human beings lay on each other to try to control one another. Starting from trying to control your children. You know what I'm talking about. You were a child and you already have, you also have children as I recall. They must be getting really big. And so what I would say is uh, the, the ability to respond, and which basically means receive whatever is happening in its entirety. Don't miss anything. And if you're on receive, the way that feels is you don't know what the hell's going on. You don't know what's happening. You're right and wrong aren't even making any sense to you anymore. But the ego mind does not want to lose. It does not want to be wrong. Especially in your case, you don't want to be wrong about anything. I'm sure you've noticed. So you could you could relax a little bit in that area. You might even you might even uh, um, do some uh, play acting there, and you don't have to be wrong, but pretend you're wrong. The next time you're talking to someone that where you know damn well you're right, and they're having difficulty with something, and they need to take responsibility, 50-50, You know what I'm saying? Pretend you're wrong for 20 minutes. And then later on, you can say, you know, I was just kidding. Actually, I'm the one who's right. You're full of it. You need to straighten up and take responsibility for your. I'm being silly and I'm being sarcastic, but I'm saying, you know, you could give the other person the benefit of the doubt. If you're if you have mind training, some kind of mind training where you're training your mind, which you've been doing for years and the other person or persons or whatever it is, don't have that. They're too. They don't want to do it or they're too young to do it or they're, they're too much off in the distance or whatever. They're going to be operating out of a out of an apparent uh, um, confidence that is built on on belief that they're right and belief that you're wrong or some kind of fear that may not show up as fear because fear shows up as opinion. As soon as there's some kind of fear, something that is nebulous that we don't know what it is, the, especially men tend to do this. Women do a little bit, but men are very worried about looking weak. So therefore they just suck up into their ideas and their opinion and their position on things. The whole armies are built on that. That's why we have people killing each other in the name of other people. People, human beings actually killing each other. Isn't that, 
doesn't make much sense, does it? You know, couldn't we just uh, cooperate, communicate? We could. Further question, Rasheen? Okay. Is there another question? Susan? <clears throat> if the wind seems strong, can we differentiate how we're contributing to that from what's showing up in front of us? Uh, can you paraphrase it? In the metaphor of the wind and the trees? Yes, okay, that metaphor. It seems like we can make some contribution to that wind. Can we differentiate that from what's showing up in front of us? Yeah, you won't have to. So the differentiation is about positioning and being right. So you, you won't have just just let it flutter. When I say let, don't you don't have to let it, but just don't get in the way of anything is showing up. Get in don't don't get in the way of that by trying to make sure that what you're doing is. Um, approved or okay or or not meddling it's, it's even more uh so even more loose than that more if you have it what are we receiving if we don't know what the source is you're just you're, you're receiving uh, dependent origination you're just receiving um, whatever's coming and going in this relative situation we call living beings or life on earth or life in Michigan or in the monastery. Whatever's coming and going is, has no personality, has no personhood. It just looks like it. And it looks like it so intensely that there are emotions and ideas and thoughts and hope and fear around that. And you don't have to get rid of those. But the illusion is to the one who thinks there is someone then they're trying to use meditation or their life or something, whatever they're doing, to, to stop those feelings because they they have not really realized or had a clue or been told that it's the it's the identity that's the that keeps it actually needs those feelings in order to stay there. So if the if the, if the feelings start to be dealt with in a way where you're not doing any anything with them, then what starts to show up is uh, since there's Feeling it has its own propellant, open fear. But uh, if you deal with that and you don't add to it, don't subtract from it, don't divide, it might still keep ramping up. But then it starts to become uh, kind of suspicious. Is who's behind all this? It's like the Wizard of Oz. Who's behind that? The curtain. Isn't anyone there? And if there is someone there, it's just a some kind of goofy aspect of consciousness that is, is looks foolish. Sometimes people get to the top of the heap, like we see in our society right now, with people with completely insane people who are in charge of everything. It shows you the nature of what's been going on for centuries and centuries, not just this particular time. Don't mean to get off into politics, but it's kind of all over the place all the time. Yes, sir. Thinking about Jason's original question about how we can um, just uh, not hear what you're saying or remember it, and I think you said that he or we've been doing that all along. We're just now realizing it. Mm -hmm. So if we're constantly not hearing you, how does teaching work? 
it doesn't work. Surprised to hear that. This looks like it's everything is separate from everything else and everybody has their own autonomy. Look closely. And one of the ways you can look closely is look at your own apparent identity of someone within a, in a human form and sit down and limit your input uh, to just a wall, just a sound in the room, just a feeling in your body. Minimal, keep it very minimal so that you can see more fundamentally what this is. <laughs> Come ahead. Yes. I'm listening. Can, can we see what's in front of us without our manipulation? That's the only way you can see it. You, you may have to see several layers of manipulation first without it being so intimidated by it that you have to cover it up with more both blame or more credit or more anything about that. We have to see, we have to see the, as it says in the sutra, the walls of the mind. You have to look at the, we have to look at the wall. When I say you have to, I don't know what you have to do, but since you're listening, then that's what I'm going to say. Train your mind. You have to, in order to train your mind, you have to look at the mind and what is happening in the mind quite often is just one story after another, one conclusion, one exclusion, one uh, concept, idea, fabrication, about, about, about. So going in the same direction, if you want to go further into what Jason was bringing up, that's a good area to go into. The important, as I sometimes, I'll say it another way. Um, and you, you'll recognize this one, and this is the same thing as, as this situation. It's not important to understand what you're studying, it's, but it is important to study. It's not important to get anywhere with meditation, but it is important to meditate. As long as you're looking for results, I'm not saying you're, you're, you know, you're going backwards, uh, but you're not exactly going, if we were to use that metaphor further, going forwards into realization. Go ahead. If, if it looks like I have a common or like a typical way that I manipulate or kind of soften things up, is there is there something to see more than, than that I'm doing that? Well, there could be, but unlikely since you're able to describe it pretty clearly, probably you're doing doing what you need to do there. I wouldn't say you need to like ramp that up or look more closely. Are you taking notes about this talk? I wrote down some questions. So you haven't you haven't written down what Unyar writes down every time? Well, I want to take her job away. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd have a response for that. <laughs> Go ahead, ask me another question or ask, or we can talk about that some more if you like. I guess at the beginning of the talk, I thought that reception and production were like two things that um, we could observe, but it seems like whatever's showing up as reception might just be my idea of reception. So what is it that looks like reception? Production. <laughs> Amazing, isn't it? Eventually, 
And I'll say eventually, because I, I want to point to this as directly as I can. Uh, and But eventually there's no production. There's no reception. Nothing moves. I mean, movement is still there, but there's nothing moving. I'll say that again. Movement is still there, but there's nothing moving. It is, again, not two. You can't find anything. If you say one thing, you're always going to have the other part of it. It's part of it. If you say movement, stillness. If you have sound, silence. Uh, Simon, you have garbage. <laughs> Couldn't resist it. There's a whole bunch of things I can resist, but not stupid jokes. <laughs> More questions on your on your uh, sketch pad? Measurements. Measurements <laughs> for another altar? For that one. For that altar? Oh, that is snazzy looking, as my mother would say. Don't you have a question? If it looks like something is triggering a lot of production in our mind. Yes. Is it appropriate to limit that? The reception of that trigger? It could it could be. It could be. It could be it might be necessary to in some way back away from it, but not necessarily to reduce the production. So it's not actually a control, it's to get a better idea of the way that uh, that uh, trigger and that production is, is functioning, to see that more about the clarity around the, the so-called mechanism rather than trying to reduce uh, so you don't produce as much. In other words, the materialism, the materialistic aspect is uh, diminished. There's still some kind of motivation there. So there's some trying to get it kind of idea, trying to get it. But it's uh, a lot less than the kind that is doing something in order to stop that or doing something to stop that. Which the whole world functions that way. That's how medicine works. Something, you have a symptom, cover it up. Another symptom, cover it up. It's rare to find something that goes in, just stops that from happening. How does limiting the receiving of that uh, help us see more clearly how it triggers things? So, first of all, it won't unless there's a strong uh, awareness practice, as far as I can see. I'm not saying you couldn't do this without meditation. Probably there's somebody who not is doing fine without that, so I don't know. But it just uh, allows you to see more, to use a more, more see more structurally without producing a bunch of ideas about that that continue to go on and blame this or blame that or come to conclusions about things that has to do with off and on right and wrong up now less of that and more uh, more clarity about what that is which is so I'll say it more specifically it's clarity about the confusion Clarity about something you're already clear about isn't particularly clarity, even though it, it might be called popular mechanics, or it might be called uh, scientific American, or it might be called uh, uh, particle physics, or some kind of 
this is this because of that. That happened because of that. This happened. It's, it's like that. But when we start seeing more closely the way that starts becoming on uh, a, uh, a more rarefied or higher frequency or higher pitch where the vibration isn't isn't uh, low enough uh, for us to be able to work with it in a kind of a structural way where we get some kind of gratification for saying, oh, yeah, I see when I do this, that happens. So it's more, um, it's like the difference between a cement block and smoke. They're both things, but one is a cement block and its form is, it's not immutable, but it's hard to change it. Whereas smoke, even if it's in the shape of a cement block, it won't last. Have you ever seen Cement blocks were shaped like smoke? Of course not, because they're cement. You didn't know that? <laughs> Actually, I pulled myself out. I meant to say smoke shaped like cement block, but I said it the other way around, so I tried to convert it into something so I wouldn't be so embarrassed by making a mistake. You have another question? Looks like it. I can see right through your mask. Are you grinning at me? Go ahead. What's, what's your question, Madame? Once we've limited that interaction with that trigger, how are we able to see how that's functioning if it's happening less frequently? Well, just a simple thing is you, it might give you a little more space so it isn't quite so intense. So then when you come back to it, maybe there's a more contrast there, just saying it relatively so you can see. Because if your intention is to see the truth, I can say this simply to anybody. If, I don't care who you are, what you're doing, what's happening to you. If your intention is to see what is fundamentally true, uh, you can probably do it. Uh, it might take you the rest of your life. It might take uh, uh, three lifetimes from now. I have no idea. I'm not here trying to dissuade anybody or if anything. I'm here to encourage you to find out who you are. And each person is dealing with a different set of, of causes and conditions and, and triggers and, and hidden uh, stacks full of stuff that you've been stuffing for since the 13th century. I'm not kidding you. And I'm also saying, uh, as you hear me say often, I don't believe in reincarnation. But I don't ignore it either. I don't believe in it. I don't think it's true. But some causes and conditions are coming out of aspects of consciousness that are not just this, uh, this form. One of them is obvious. You're a human being. You can't, you didn't suddenly become a human being without um, countless, countless human beings being born and dying, born and dying before your uh, simple form showed up. Go ahead, Chiso, if you have a question. Uh, Tisha Bhavi, uh, as I was just uh, listening, I was just wondering if this receiving practice is one to wear the ego out. Uh, uh, it's, yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's been characterized that way uh, by Chunker Rinpoche in one of his books, maybe Cutting Through or Myth or one of those books, uh, says that, uh, the, that you actually practice, uh, I don't know if he used the word receiving, but practice meditation and you walk on the ego like it's an old shoe and you just, you don't, you don't get rid of it. You just keep working with it and working with it. And eventually because it gets no, uh, gets no validation. 
and also we don't try to get rid of it particularly we just we just it just starts to wear out because it stops that whole thing stops working as your uh, in our tradition as you work with uh, your your commitment your vow to be with all things to save all beings put others before yourself what a what a hard thing to do have you noticed and so part of that vow is seeing how you can't do that seeing how I just can't. I mean, I want to. I want to put her or him or them before myself. But I can't. I just can't do it. But then you do the best you can. You work with it relatively until you transcend the whole idea of relativity. And then that doesn't mean you're suddenly going to show up with with light coming out of your ears. It just means that you're going to be. You will be aligned with dependent origination in a way in which. You might not feel like you're doing so well, but the dependent origination uh, completely takes over your life. It's like a, it's like a, the difference between a bicycle and a, and a, a rocket ship. Your, your personal identity is done for, and you don't mind. It was kind of a pain in the ass anyway. And who is here? <clears throat> there isn't anything that isn't here. And it's not some kind of magical feeling. It's just that there isn't anything separate from you anymore. So therefore, if it, something needs your help, you help. That doesn't mean that somebody's going to be able to take advantage of you. It would be impossible to take advantage of someone who is not here. Uh, they have no location. Sure, there's location. Sitting in a chair, sitting on a cushion, writing in a book, flying a helicopter, chasing a bunch of mink on a trail with a gun. You don't have the gun. The minks have the gun. Anything can happen. Anything is possible. Everything is possible. You can awaken to what this is right in the middle of your suffering. And that would be a good way to do it. And see that there's no one suffering. There is no separate being suffering. There's just suffering. And this is why the, uh, the Bodhisattva Chenrezig Avalokiteshvara looked down and heard as a sound observer. Just a metaphor, just a, an image to help you see that you could actually receive everything. And then what you would produce would be just whatever was necessary to completely support and nurture whatever needs your help. You would not just... You would not necessarily get a credential of, uh, if you're looking for a credential of, I'm doing pretty good, I'm helping people. Now, that will not occur. You will never feel like some kind of wonderful bodhisattva. Other people might think you are, but you won't have that. You won't have an opinion of anybody. There isn't anyone. Juzan. How can we receive what we're projecting onto others if we have no idea of what we're projecting onto others? It's the only way you can do it. You don't need content. You don't need the content of what you're projecting. That's that's a lower level where still uh, self-centeredness, ego is still operating, and that's when you you can you can determine that by noticing how you you get you uh, for a while you'll blame others, and then it starts to turn around where you start to blame yourself for what's happening, and that happens to be your mo if you haven't noticed. Have you noticed? Yeah. What do you have to do with it? Nothing. Just be aware of it. It can't. If, if you push on it, it will it will get stronger. If you if you make excuses for it, uh, it will it will find some kind of musculature to keep operating. And if you ignore it, and then of course it 
starts to set up housekeeping in your uh, back in your seventh consciousness. If you do nothing with it, it just runs out of energy. It can't live unless there's warfare or peace fair or ignorance. There was a question on, uh, I heard a voice there uh, off in the dissonance. Sanho. Who? Sanho. Sanho, is that you? It was a question for you. You mentioned helping people. Yes. Sometimes when trying to help people, I'm receiving. They think I'm not listening because I'm not dynamic enough. What do you no. think, Sanho? Uh, I think you're fine. Uh, and don't disregard what they say. You could interact if they come up and say, it doesn't sound like you're listening to me. You say, yeah, I know. I, sometimes people say that. But make no excuses. Don't deny it. Don't do anything with it. I mean, you could you could respond, but keep it keep it light. So no defense. Now, even if you could, that doesn't mean you won't feel the defensiveness. But before the defensiveness gets into the vocal cords and into the musculature, uh, you you actually uh, look at that and you uh, put it on receive, which means you're receiving the that you're trying to defend yourself. And then if you can do that, then that's a uh, a little bit of a, let's say, a humility with a lowercase h. A little bit of, I'm not going to try to defend this anymore. I'm tired of def trying to be somebody so other people will like me or other people will not think I'm being defensive. It's just a waste of time, you could say, if you wanted to use that pragmatic expression. But it's, you know, uh, you have something there. Your, your style is kind of like that because you're, you're, you think a lot. You, anything you receive, uh, you also have a lot of thought patterns running, run rampant back and forth through anything that shows up. I'm sure you've noticed. I have. But it's not about stopping that, uh, Sano, Sano. It's not about interrupting it or stopping it or modifying it or anything. Just about receiving whatever shows up from someone else. Also receive up anything. Receive anything that you're that you're adding on to that. And then at some point. 10% come back and say, it could be something, it doesn't have to be uh, totally dismissive, but you could say something like, I, I know I tend to look like that. Or you, you might even say, yeah, I'm probably doing that. Let them win. There's no prize. Uh, if there's any prize, if, if you get anything out of it at all, it's just more samsara, more suffering. Other questions are good. Chu-chu. From Carl. Carl Witt? Yep. I know him. He says, it doesn't seem like ego is getting any less validation on the cushion. It's just on a more subtle level. Just watch the validating. Yeah. Just watch it. You don't have to win. You don't have to interrupt anything. You don't have to improve. I often say, I'll say it now. Stop it. Stop trying to be a better guy or girl. Stop trying to improve. I'm not saying that you might not improve on some level relatively. But don't do a cover-up improvement. Do an actual look at the foundation of the whole thing. And that may be smelly and nasty to go down into that labyrinth that we call me, me, and my stuff, my ideas, and my opinions, my hopes, my fears. You can do that. Sit down, hold still, face the wall and look at it. You might not look, look, into, look into it while you're facing the wall. Uh, the wall might just be not much happening at all, just kind of bland or daydreaming or sleeping, but not a problem. When you get up off the cushion, then life will get worse. 
you haven't noticed. And you're not seeing anything new. You're seeing what you've been covering up. The Buddha didn't see what hollyhocks and crab trees. What the Buddha saw was suffering intensely. And it took him six years, as the story goes, to be able to uh, get over himself enough so that he could actually see what was true. And what he saw was life is suffering. The cause is wanting something else. And, the, the, and that this can come to an end because it had come to an, end, to an end for him. And the path was train the mind to see clearly. Train the mind to see clearly. And that everything is dependently risen. Nothing comes from its own side as an individual person. And everything is impermanent. And everything is miserable. And everything is without a center. You can see that. Nisho Bowen. Go ahead, Nisho. Is enjoying that feeling of suffering or pain or love, or any emotion, a trick of ego? Um, it could be. Unlikely. It could be. It depends on uh, all the other elaborations that are going on in one's life. If you're training, if you're spending some time, uh, this is just a way of, you could say, validating the sitting practice of meditation or shikantaza. If you're spending some time pulling all the plugs out, taking everything out of gear, sit down on your cushion, or on your whatever you're sitting in, sit in your chair or on your cushion, hold very still and watch the continued movement of anything. It can be outside the body. It can be down the hallway. It can be the next door neighbor. It can be your mind stream. You'll notice there's not a lot of difference in that. It's just watching what moves. Just watch the movement because the observing the movement strengthens that aspect of consciousness that's not doing anything other than witnessing. There's no person there. That's uh, that's invented. So what you're asking about, I would say, as long as there's sitting practice going on and a fair amount of it, and I know that you sit a lot, uh, I would say I wouldn't I wouldn't be too concerned about any kind of pushing and pulling or any kind of politics or experience that are arising about. Well, I shouldn't do this, but we should have that, but we don't need this. But it'll be better if we do this, but not that. Just observe any of that. Nothing lasts. Even this, the what you just asked about. It can't last because it gets its its nutrition or its fuel from otherness, from, well, this can't be right, or the other direction. This is this is okay because, <clears throat> for the question, if you have it. Nisha Bowling. Yes. Is the enjoyment of impermanence a trick of ego? Oh. Well, there's not necessarily. I mean, if you have a stomach ache and you say nothing lasts, <laughs> whew, but that's going away. So, I mean, being silly about it, but I'm saying not, not exactly. And, and I wouldn't really worry about trick of ego. It's not about uh, the trick of ego. It's just ego. It's just the self-centeredness. And, and ego, the ego mind, because it, but because it is so materialistic and, and relatively based, doesn't always seem that tricky. It gets more and more sophisticated. Eventually, ego has got you so convinced, got me so convinced, got all of us so convinced. No, ego could go right into enlightenment, couldn't it? I mean, does ego really have to be nobody? Can't ego just kind of, ego promises not to interfere with the bodhisattva. I'll let you save all the beings you want. I just want to hang out. And I want to bring my stuff. 
my ideas, my opinions, my judgments. I won't use them unless they're really necessary. You know, I've heard about that teaching the bodhisattvas have called, uh, called upaya. I can do that. I can even, I can even um, get your pills for you, your medications. Don't be fooled, but don't turn away. Don't argue. Listen, receive, 90-10. Receive it, but come to no conclusion about it. Allow it to be anything it needs to be. If you don't argue with ego, uh, like uh, Changu Rinpoche said once, and, Profound statement that he made, which profound, most profound statements are very simple words. Uh, if you do nothing to thoughts, thoughts will do nothing to you. <laughs> the thoughts just sh show up. If you believe your thoughts, you, you'll, you'll get upset, you'll get worried. Especially if you believe the thoughts, then the emotional dynamic, it starts to come in there like a bunch of pilot fish chasing a whale. Don't validate anything. Don't dismiss anything. Don't do anything with it. Are we at the end of our sojourn? Well, hasn't this been exciting? Did I insult anybody out there? Did I insult anybody in here? You guys are a lot closer. <laughs> anyway, thank you very much for coming together and, uh, and participating in this. So we're going to dedicate the merit, I think. so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. Sangha, families, friends, and visitors. Heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering, and fill them with light. 